Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Oh, hey, I messed up the intro the first time. We're the HBO boys. We're talking about WandaVision, episode five, not four. I'm James, and this is Chad. I'm Chad. Episode five has a title. It's a very special episode, which is, uh, that's a trope from the sitcoms of the 80s and 90s, where they would have an issues episode, right? Like a character would be caught with a devilish marijuana cigarette, and they'd have to have a whole episode of, you know, uh, digesting their feelings about it. Right, or they acknowledge that a character is black. So, this episode, uh, you were right. You called it last week. You said they were going to keep going back and forth now between what's going on in the Hex, as Darcy has named the sitcom bubble, and what's going on at the S.W.O.R.D. forward operations base, uh, where they're still trying to figure things out. And this episode, I think, is revealing in a lot of ways because it, it kind of shows you halfway through the show what narratives they're trying to push. And so that probably gives you an indication of what is probably not going to end up being true right? Uh, in the mystery. Right. I think the, he, in this episode, they definitely uh, started dealing out the cards and we can see where they're landing. So we're going to have to recap this one because a, a lot did happen mm. and it, it, it picks up, and now we're in the 1980s. We're doing an 80s sitcom. This is the the era of sitcoms that I'm actually probably least familiar with. Like, you know, because uh, the Nick and Knight ones tended to be older. So I'm not super familiar with whatever was going on in the 80s. I, what, like, good times? I don't know. Well, there was Full House, Family Ties. No, it's Ties. the 90s. No, Full House was the 80s. Okay. Absolutely. And, uh, and um, Family Matters, was that the 80s or the 90s? That was the 80s. That was the 80s. So the the plot of what's going on with Wanda and Vision like, picks up from the end of episode 3 again, where they have these babies, and they're crying all the time, and they're trying to, you know, shush them to sleep, which I'm sure is, you know, giving Chad PTSD flashbacks, <laughs> since he also has an infinite home. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And then Agnes comes over, interestingly. And she she's like, oh, I heard you can't put the babies to sleep. And Vision's like, how did you hear that? <laughs> she's right. like, oh, I heard the baby's crying. Let me come help. And this is the first weird fuck up is that, like, Agnes wants to go hush the babies. And Vision says no. And he gives a sitcom reason why he's pretending to be, like, the overprotective parent. Oh, did you wash your hands? When was the last time you had the cold or whatever? Oh, actually, just don't hold them. Which trips up Agnes, who then turns to Wanda. She's like, "What do, do you want to? Should we redo that scene? Should we take it from the top?" Vision kind of fucked things up. Yeah, and it was strange. It's the first time there's been a break like this, where where it's like in character but out of character, and like it, like actors are acknowledged. Usually, when there's a break like this, it's just rewound or uh, or cut past. We don't we don't see this interaction where it's actors talking. And Agnes seemed to be waiting on that. She's like, aren't you going to say no and set things back? No? Okay, well, let's just keep going then, I guess. <laughs> right. And 
And Wanda doesn't seem to care, uh, but Vision thinks it's very strange. Because Wanda doesn't do any cuts, and so this is all now, like, in the canon of the sitcom, she's saying this. And Vision's like, isn't it pretty weird that she was asking to take it from the top, like, we're in a show? Yeah, and and Wanda, it almost seems like she doesn't notice it. Like, either she's playing it off really well, or, or she's, um, she is, I don't know, oblivious to it. It was weird. It was a, a weird break. Yeah, well, I think the thing is that probably, like, Wanda isn't bothered by it because she's also, like, she's playing into it, right? Um, right. It's not something so extreme to her that she's going to use her powers to rewind it, but because she is at some level keyed into what's going on, it doesn't strike her as weird that someone might be like, should we start the scene again? Well, maybe she can't rewind it. But I've got some, I've, before. <laughs> I've got some theories, though. And, and okay. we'll get into it later. Let's just let's continue with the recap. What happens next is very strange. Agnes is like, oh, I've got a spray bottle with lavender on it. It'll soothe the babies and put them to sleep. And so she's spraying them with this uh, mystery liquid. Right. <laughs> and, and Vision's not cool with this. He's like taking Wanda aside to talk about it. But the babies stop crying. And they're like, oh, look, Agnes did it. And But no, it's not that the babies stopped crying. It's that they aged up to like elementary schoolers and this is especially strange here because everything else in wandavision is in very much intentionally playing on tropes from uh from the, the era that the show is taking place in at the time and like the the lavender spray bottle thing it, it just it seemed so out of place compared to the rest of the the sitcom things that were going on. I don't know if you felt the same way, James, but it, it, that it, it felt removed from the rest of the, the, the kitschiness of the show. Yeah. And it, well, it seemed like a, something that was forced, right? Yeah, like, exactly. This is something Agnes really wanted to do. So it plays into like, Oh, she's a witch and she's spraying them with some kind of potent to age them up. And I think that the lavender thing is also might also be a reference to her witchiness because, uh, I mean, lavender is is a very witchy herb, is my understanding. Then we get the bizarre 80s intro intro sequence. It's the song about making things up as you go along. Is that relevant (laughs) to the plot? I'm not sure. But we see a lot of scenes of, like, Vision growing up from a baby Vision, which never happened. He was born as an adult. (laughs) I loved that. I don't know. Was there anything else weird about the intro, like, worth worth remarking on? Well, I mean... We saw shots of of both kids growing up too, which we know didn't actually happen. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, the intro. I think the intro is is mostly meant to be a gag. Um, <clears throat> even um, Elizabeth Olsen's sisters, uh, the Olsen twins, they were in Full House, and some of the intro like kind of mirrored the Full House intro, uh, which was kind of funny. Just a second, now I'm a little confused on what. The next scene was after the intro. Uh... Um, what was the next scene? <clears throat> oh, it was um, they had the dog in the sink. Thing. Oh, it was that. Okay, yeah, I was like, it's going to happen in Sword after. All right. Um, Wait, maybe we did go to Sword first. Give me a second here. I'm now opening up <laughs> the video to see what this, happens. This is the least professional episode we've ever done. <laughs> it's all going to be cut out. Everyone's going to think it's amazing. <laughs> we cut to Monica waking up in the medical facility of this, like, S.H.I.E.L.D.'s operation base. She's being tested by, what, is it like an MRI machine? It's not clear. 
some, and, some and we, strange portable MRI machine. And we hear some of like the questions that was perhaps being asked to her as she was like being rushed to the hospital of what or whatever. And it's director Hayward is like, uh, you know, what was it like? How did it feel? And she's like, oh, I just felt like an overwhelming sense of grief and hopelessness. And it hurts. It hurts to be in the hex, like, <laughs> which is really fucked up. She described it as grief. She felt grief. And she meets Jimmy and Darcy for the first time. There's also a, and they, this is almost like a throwaway line, where the tech, the medical technician comes back and is like, hey, your x-rays are blank for some reason. Can we do it again? And Monica's like, no. Right. Can, can we test your blood? No. Can't do that either. So, I I understand from Googling it that Monica has powers in the comics. Yeah, she's the character Photon. Okay. Uh, who, she... she's basically She's basically like a discount Captain Marvel. She can absorb and, and shoot energy and um, another one of those characters that they, they're, they've been around for a while, but I don't really know too much about them. Okay, but yeah, that I would assume this is signposting that she has powers because she right. can't be X-rayed or whatever. <laughs> I've read a lot online where people think that the combination of being blipped and and then uh, being pushed out of the uh, of the hex like gave her powers, but if that's what happened, then that's just the lamest thing I've ever heard. I assume she got her powers out in space when she was a space ranger. Does she know about it? I assume she knows about it, too. She does. I think so it's, you... it's probably her big secret. And I think Hayward also knows that something is off about her. She has powers or something. And I think that's why he doesn't want her to go back into space. And I think that's why he sent her into the Hex to try to get rid of her. I, um, it, it's interesting. I don't, I don't know if this is the same scene. I think it might be. But uh, Captain Marvel is mentioned uh, in that conversation, and Monica looks like visibly distraught when her name is mentioned, and she kind of like, changes the subject. Um, maybe you're right. Maybe something did happen, and maybe Captain Marvel, like I said, she's kind of Captain Marvel light. Maybe, maybe Captain Marvel did something to her, or uh, wasn't there to help her or do something. I don't know. There's a lot of speculation. We really don't have anything to go on, but there's there's some animosity there, which I'm sure they're going to explore uh, in the episodes to come. I hope this doesn't mean Captain Marvel's going to show up. I, I really don't want this to be, you know, Avengers 5, where, like, we have Doctor Strange and Captain Marvel and this person and that person coming back. I want this to be able to stand on its own. And I feel like every time a character is added, I mean, we'll, we'll get to it. But every time, every time a character that we're familiar with is added, it's going to take a little bit away from the show. Also, there's a few more strange things that are just kind of like casually tossed around. Um, but we do get like the security footage of Wanda storming a top secret shield facility and taking Vision's corpse. And I don't think she didn't kill anybody, but she did it kind of violently. And there are a, a, a number of bizarre lines here. Hayward is like, Resurrecting Vision is a violation of the Sokovia Accords. What? Weird. <laughs> um, and then Jimmy Woo is like, yeah, it also violated Vision's will, which was to never be resurrected or turned into a weapon or whatever. Right. That was weird. So Vision had a will, and in it he specifically said, don't resurrect me and use me as a weapon or put me in a sitcom. And, uh, and, <laughs> and it's also a, in the, in the the Sokovia Accords treaty, they were like, it's illegal to resurrect superheroes. If they're dead, they're dead. 
Well, is that what? Uh, see, I, I thought I, I kind of read it. I tried to make it a bit more, uh, make it make it make more sense in context. Vision is a powerful weapon, and it would make sense that they would have some kind of clause about the uh, the construction of sentient weapons. Right, you're not supposed to make them, or in the event that they break, remake them. Right. Basically, they're they're treating vision as like inhuman. In the uh, not not a inhuman. That's another Marvel property. Um, non-human uh, when it comes to the Accords, kind of, I guess. Yeah, so some some weird shit in weird. these scenes, in the sword scenes, and it, you know, it's hard to say what's going to come back. But something that they are pushing is that, like, oh, Wanda is the bad guy. She's behind this. She's she's the one doing all. That's the answer to the mystery. It's just Wanda being evil. And if they're saying that in episode five, that it is certainly. Uh, probably not the case. <laughs> right. I'm going to go ahead and say. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I, I don't think one is a. Um, I think that that footage was doctored. I think we're going to find out later that you're right. He's trying to suppress Monica, and uh, and to do that, he's manipulating Wanda, and uh, he fabricated this footage so that they could go in and take her out without questioning her and like I, I think there's definitely a plot I think I think that the shield boss is more important than I thought he was. I thought that he just had to exist. But now I'm thinking that he's uh he he could be the villain of the show. So we get some more eighties sitcom Pablum. The kids want uh they find a dog outside. The dog has no collar. They bring it back in you know, it's the sitcom situation. They're trying to hide the pet from their mom, but she figures it out. Can we keep him? Can we keep him? And Vision offhandedly says, like, I think we should wait till you're ten. And so they immediately age up into being ten uh, before their eyes. Right. And this time we actually we see the transformation. Like, we, they turn from littler kids into ten-year-olds, uh, which was strange to see. And immediately <laughs> after that happens... Coincidentally, oh, Agnes walks in the house. Carrying a doghouse. And then one thing that happens is that Wanda uses her powers right in front of Agnes, and Vision freaks out, like, hey, aren't we supposed to try to be undercover? Like, aren't we trying to live a normal life? Why are you doing uh, magic in front of Agnes? And Wanda just blows him off. She's like, oh, whatever, Agnes is cool. <laughs> Which is strange, because now, like, Wanda's dropping, like, any pretense of, like, the original story which is that they were here to, like, make a life in secret, and now she's just doing things openly in front of Agnes. So it's like she is trying to slowly but surely basically manufacture Vision's consent to all the weird shit that's going on. <laughs> but yeah, the dog may be strange. Uh, Agnes keep like is, is always around when the kids age up. She was on their property when the kids were born, so she seems to be related to the kids and their bizarre aging process somehow. Right. Which, and also, in the very first episode, she was the first one to push Wanda into having kids, I believe. So a Agnes is up to some evil witch shit. That much is clear. Yeah. If anyone thinks that she's not a major character, they're, it's not going to be revealed that she's some kind of powerful major character. I mean, then again, James, you always say... Marvel likes to play these these fucking games. Maybe they're right. just they're pushing uh, Agatha, sorry Agnes, so far into our faces that that's going to be the uh, the rug that's pulled out from under us. 
Possibly. I just wonder, you know, if, if you if you get a big name actor for your show. I mean, yeah, they, so they did this in Iron Man 3, right? But so are they just going to do it again? <laughs> well, I mean, That's the thing that trips me up. It's like, are they just going to do the Mandarin again with Agatha Harkness? And, and uh, so are they all, Are they going to do this a third time in another show? Like, <laughs> Pulling a Marvel. No, I, if, they, if they're going to do it, it, they can't do it the way they did it in Iron Man 3. That was so disappointing. I, and not least of which because they made the new version of the Mandarin so interesting, and then they just threw it all away. So, well, see, I as 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 a comics or as not a huge comics fan who know nothing about the Mandarin, uh, I thought that it was clever, and I thought the scene where you meet the real Mandarin was funny. But I I I understand uh, how a, a true blue Marvel comics fan might have felt cheated. Yeah, it's like finding out that the Joker is just some guy yeah. pretending to be the Joker. Yeah, I'm just an actor paid to act like a crazy clown. Like, right. Really, you know, Trevor Falcone is the one behind the crimes. Like, <laughs> we go back to S.W.O.R.D. headquarters, and Darcy has come up with a theory. Well, 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 this is interesting. First, they go and examine Monica's outfit, which she left the hex with, and they realize that like it hasn't changed back but it is like a alchemical transmutation of her outfit because she had a bulletproof vest on and so now the the hip 70s vest she was wearing is also bulletproof so these right. things change they keep their properties but they don't stop existing once they leave the hex right so everything that went in is it's actually physically changing so this is the first time that we get we get confirmation that it's it's definitely not an illusion. She is actually yeah. like she the reality in in the hex is definitely like morphing the, the matter inside of it. And we also perhaps get a confirmation that things either affected or created by the hex may be able to continue existing outside of it. Yeah. So Tommy and Billy might leave the hex. Well, or and, and Vision might step out and be fine. And a uh, uh, fucking Quicksilver might also. <laughs> um, uh, spoilers. But we'll get to him. <laughs> so, so using that logic, they come up with the idea that like, oh, what if we send in some technology from the 80s? Then it won't need to be changed to adapt. So we'll fly in a 80s era military drone into the hex and try to contact Wanda that way. Which, it's a little bit strange. They do that. But the drone doesn't appear on the WandaVision broadcast that Darcy is watching. And they are able to talk to... Monica, that is, is able to talk to Wanda. And she's trying to reason with her. But it clearly makes Wanda angry and she starts to use her powers. At which point Hayward's like, okay, now launch the torpedo at her. (laughs) Which two things like, oh, so he wants Wanda dead. So if he is behind this... Whatever he wanted to get out of it, he apparently already has. Cough, cough, the kids. Um, (laughs) And then also, like, are you so dumb that you think that you're going to kill, like, maybe the strongest Avenger with a single torpedo? Right. Surprise. Maybe if he gets her, like, while she's doing a scene from from home improvement, I guess. (laughs) Like... Just totally while she's unawares and not using her powers. But it doesn't work out. Uh, In 
one of the craziest scenes so far. Wanda comes out of the bubble. She threatens everyone in sword. She does like a magneto. She doesn't like take the guns and point them all at everyone else, but she like controls everyone to point the guns uh at at who? Was it the the director? At, at Hayward. Okay. Which was a very magneto move. Magneto oh, yeah. straight up does that in the first X-Men movie. And she threatens them and she's basically like uh you leave me alone, I leave you alone. Everything in the hex is mine. Fuck off. And Hayward's like, okay, but that includes like a, a thousand or more people that you kidnapped. <laughs> and I don't think that Wanda doesn't even necessarily address that. She's just like, yeah, whatever. Bye. Right. So so their interaction, uh, Wanda and, and Hayward, uh, did you pick up? There was some familiarity. Like it, it was. Yeah. Like, they As if they knew had already met. Yeah. Yeah. That was interesting. So yeah. and that goes, that plays into a theory that I haven't, and I guess I'll just I'll just say it now. No. Um, so I think that largely uh, Wanda is under the control of somebody else. It could be Agatha, it could be whoever. I don't think that she's aware of everything that she's doing, and I think that when we see her uh, in her greatest fits of aggression, I think that is somebody else controlling her. And I think that in this scene, we might have seen somebody that knows the director speaking through her, because because it, it, there's too hmm. many too many things happen that she is confused about. I mean, in in the right. first couple episodes, she was surprised that she had agency in this world, uh, and, and later on in this episode, she even says, and I believe her uh, that she doesn't know how it started, but we're here now. Let's make the best of it. And I think that's the real Wanda. And I think that largely Wanda is playing the part because she likes it here better than she did uh, without Vision when Vision had a hole in his head. Um, but... Yeah, and, and we should say that like in the scene before uh, the drone shows up, she's like talking to the kids and she is saying like, you know, she's happy with with them as a family now, but she does often like still feel sad when she thinks about her brother. Right. And and it's almost like, oh, well, everything for Wanda has to be perfect here. So if there's something she doesn't like, it immediately gets fixed. Right. Not so so also, not, yeah. There's also a very bizarre scene with Vision in his office, and they're getting their computer set up on the internet. I wondered if this was another part of Darcy's plan, was to, like, send a 1980s, like, computer into the hex to see where it ended up. Right. And they get an email from S.W.O.R.D., and they're reading it, and it's it's trying to say, like, we're con- trying to contact... What did it say exactly? Like, it, I'm trying to remember. Uh, it's from Darcy. Um, right. it, it, it didn't clearly say that Wanda was a target, did it? It just said, like, that we're trying to contact Wanda. Like, con- Wanda, please, like, make contact with S.W.O.R.D. or whatever. Right. And okay. Vision thinks this is really weird. And, and and Norm, his office friend, is like, oh, it's just some prank joke email. Uh, at which point, like, Vision finally gets it. He's like, oh, that's not something someone would say in this situation. And he taps Norm's head, and Norm snaps out of it. And again, he's like, she's in my head, she's controlling me, it hurts. Which is so dark that the right. people in Westview are, like, walking around doing sitcom shit, apparently in terrible pain. <laughs> right, and and they're aware of it. Yeah, they're like watching them themselves be controlled. And when when uh, Vision snaps uh, him out of his his trance, you see a yellow flash from the Mind Stone, 
and and we know like Loki when he had the scepter with the mind stone in it, he was able to manipulate people's minds just like just like everyone in this place. So Vision is is very literally calling upon the powers of the mind stone. And he doesn't say Wanda's in my head, Wanda's controlling me. He says she's in my head. She's right. controlling me, which keeps it vague, keeps the window open that okay, maybe this is something Agnes is doing. The ending of like the sitcom plot line is a little strange to me. So the kids are looking for their dog who got out, and they come up with the mailman. The mailman helps them look, and apparently, this is so strange, the dog died off screen, (laughs) and Agnes found the dog, at which point Agnes and the kids are both kind of pressuring Wanda to bring the dog back to life, which she does not want to do. There's Uh... two points to that. Is it something, A, that Wanda is even capable of doing? Are they trying to convince her that she's capable of doing it? Two, if she is against bringing the dog back to life, did she, was it her decision then to bring Vision back to life? Okay, you know, what are her true thoughts, actually? I've got, I've got a lot of things to say about this scene. It seems like the boys, because they're so upset and hurt by the dog's death, that they might age up again and, and Wanda implores them not to do it. Okay, tag me in. Okay, what's your theory? My theory, I've got a couple things to say. So first of all, um, you're right, uh, uh, Agnes finds the dead dog. It's worth noting that Agnes also uh, had the plants that the dog ate that killed it. So, I mean, she killed the dog. Um, and side note, that uh, Vision had a dog named Sparky in his comic book, and he also died the same way. Um, I think that Agnes's that Agnes is trying to get the kids to age up quickly because every time that she's there, they either are about to age up or just aged up. And so in the first scene, she sprays them with that water. We see them as five-year-olds or whatever. And then they find a dog and Oh, lo and behold, we're too young to have this dog. How old? Oh, 10. They age up to 10. She probably planted the dog. Then she, now she knows, Oh, well I can, give them a tragedy to try to live through which will make them want to age even further to get past it so she kills the dog in hopes that the kids age up even further i think that she's she's trying to get them to become adults again i don't know why i mean they're clearly very powerful maybe she wants them to become adults so that they can do something but i don't think that she was trying that agnes was trying to push wanda into bringing bringing the dog back to life i think that she was surprised by that just just like the kids were because she says can you really do that and it it had the same kind of genuine uh air about it that she had earlier when she asked wanda if she could re- needed to redo the scene yeah so it seems to me that the hex belongs to agnes and yeah, her it, mission or whatever if it's something that she wants to do or something that she has been tasked to do is get her hands on some sentient weapons right <laughs> so the ending of the episode is the one that <laughs> drove everyone crazy. Vision, at home now, seems to more or less have most of it figured out. He's like, this situation is weird. Everyone's being controlled. They seem to be under your control. I don't remember my life before this. Why can't we leave? What's outside of town? And he even says, like, I'm scared. And right. Wanda, Wanda's response sounds authentic but we already know like she's been lying to vision a lot but she does say like i'm not in control of everyone how would that even work so i'm controlling everyone 
even though like they're all going about their day doing stuff i'm micromanaging every single one how would that even work it's nonsense and and vision gets angry and like flies up like he's gonna fight her and she flies up she's like she's gonna fight him and just as things are about to come to a head just as like the whole mystery will either have to be solved or we're going to fight <laughs> there's a, a a a ring of the doorbell this is exactly like in the truman show when truman is ready to throw it all away and 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 finally figure out what's going on outside of his town what happens oh they bring back the long lost dad character right <laughs> which totally distracts and placates him um and so before wanda and vision can have their big confrontation Ding dong. Oh, it's my dead brother. My long lost dead brother Pietro is back. And this is the fucking the craziest shit. It is not the actor who played Pietro in Age of Ultron. It is Evan Peters you know, from American Horror Story who played Quicksilver, who's same name, Pietro Maximoff, in the Days of Future Past franchise, the X-Men franchise. Right. But she seems to, after a moment, recognize him as Pietro and, like, welcomes him back. And that's where the episode ends. But interestingly, this Pietro does not know Vision, even though the other Pietro, I think, did meet Vision, right? Oh, yeah. And the big final battle... With Ultron. Yeah. Yeah. Also, um, well, actually, uh, he was in the room when Ultron made Vision. Not when he came to life, but he was there. (laughs) So a few things about this. Um, the the first place your mind goes, oh, they have ripped him out of the Fox X-Men franchise universe and pulled him into this one because they couldn't get the other brother because he's dead and Agnes wants to make life perfect or whoever wants to make life perfect for Wanda and wants to end this argument. Let's bring in Pietro to distract everyone. But we can't get the one who's dead. Let's get the other one from the other reality, right? right. That's the first place your mind goes. A lot of people are saying, no, this is misdirection. Temper your expectations of the multiverse shit. How, no, it's got to be. How could it not be? The, the character had too much uh, popularity. Like, he was the breakout star of the of Days of Future Past. And Yeah, if, if they were going to take anything from that awful movie, X-Men Apocalypse, they would take him. Right. <laughs> And and here's another thing that I don't think a lot of people have been talking about. This is the 80s era episode of 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 WandaVision, right? Mm-hmm. And it was almost a little bit clunky in the shield scene they were like they were like this is Wanda Maximoff birth 1989 like okay why is that relevant? Why are you giving us, you know, her birth date? Mm-hmm. And then I thought about it, oh this is the 80s episode. Wanda and Pietro weren't born until 1989. But you know who was alive in the early 80s? The other one. The other Quicksilver, right? (laughs) So if this is some kind of weird temporal, like the Hex is actually like traveling through time, the the Quicksilver they would have ended up with, it would be the 80s one. So it's interesting that you say that. Um, It was pointed out to me that almost every character in the show has a watch. Uh, There's clocks everywhere. There's a... a, It it just... In the set, there's a lot of... of, uh, references to clocks and to time one of the commercials was for uh, a strucker watch um 
I, they're, they're, I think they're trying to hint that they're playing with time. I mean, they're, they're quite literally playing with time with the sitcom genres, but maybe there's more going on there. Maybe, maybe it's not, uh, appearing to, as these different decades. Maybe it's actually traversing through them. Right, and we have not yet gotten any indication that, as I've said in the previous episodes, Wanda was a huge Nick at Night fan, or any <laughs> of this is meaningful to her, but, like, I don't know, maybe Agnes's thing, aside from being a witch, is that she's, you know, a couch potato who loves to watch TV or something. <laughs> but, okay, so what do you, you think that this is Pietro from X-Men, which is now... Disney owns them. I remember back in the day, this was just like a weird curiosity. It's like, okay, uh, Days of Future Past and an Age of Ultron are like coming out in a similar time frame. For some reason, both Fox and Disney had access to Quicksilver because he's like somehow like in the X-Men and in the Avengers at different points in time. So like they split the difference. Is that what happened? Yeah. Uh, they the, uh, the caveat was that they couldn't. Marvel couldn't use the word mutant, and they couldn't include um, Magneto in his backstory. Okay. And so t- at the time, this was just like a pissing contest, I thought. I thought, like, oh, putting Quicksilver into Days of Future Past is just thumbing their eye at the MCU. Right. Uh, thumbing their nose. You don't thumb your eye. <laughs> that, would hurt. that would hurt a lot. <laughs> so I-, I think I think that um, a- a- the average viewer who's not you know, us who, you know, we either have history with the comic books or we deep dive into these shows and we, we're, we're Marvel uh, fanboys and we're just, we soak it all up. Um, I think the concept of a multiverse is foreign to more people than we think. And I think um, the X-Men movies were really popular and Quicksilver, especially in those movies. I think that it has to be him. It has to be the same guy. Um, if only to help the layman better understand that there is a multiverse and what that means and, and, and how like one character from one show can be plucked from one universe and put into another. I, I think that this was a clever way for them to introduce the concept without also piling on a bunch of uh, explanation and, and uh, exposition. Right. So, will we at some point have the X-Men in the MCU because enough of them are going to be ripped from their home dimension? Is that how we're doing it? Yeah, I think they're going to pick and choose. I think they're going to get the characters that they want and that that will assign onto contracts uh, and pull them into the MCU. And for the rest that they want to bring in there, we, you know, it's a multiverse. It's not a a do-overse. We just pull versions of them from different universes. I, I think that's that's exactly the plan. In fact, I think it's already been confirmed that Deadpool is going to be in the MCU. So, Deadpool, hey, you're in. You're you're a Marvel property that's going to make money. You made the cut. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You uh, made the cut. If you watched the game theory, not the, the film theory, rather, episode where he's trying to explain how it's going to end, he makes a comment that like, okay, so Billy and Tommy are now going to be the first super people born with their superpowers. So in that sense, are they not mutants? Ah, I didn't think of that. But that's a So in, uh, oh shit. I was just going to say in a hundred years, there might be what, 50 mutants, but they were born in the eighties. 
So if they really are playing with time, maybe that's what they're going to do. They're, they're oh, maybe Wanda's going to give birth to three hundred kids who are going to grow up to be the <laughs> cast of the X Men. Oh my god! No, I just, I just mean if, if, um, if they're going to introduce the concept of, of mutants while in these different uh, time periods, maybe what's going to happen is um, that's going to spark the mutant revolution kind of retroactively. You know, maybe, maybe. Um, that's how they're going to retcon mutants into the MCU. Hmm. I still like the idea that like <laughs> Wanda erased mutants from time. And at some point she's going to undo it. And then, you know, the Falcon or whatever is going to be like, Oh shit, that's right. The mutants were with us all along. Wolverine helped us fight Thanos. I just forgot because Wanda took them out of the timeline. Right, and then they're going to like show clips from those movies with like Wolverine thrown in there, like CGI in there. Like, I think we all take it for granted that the X-Men and the Fantastic Four are coming. Right. Um, and they will have to think of some bullshit way to explain why they weren't here in the first place. Right. Well, or they... they the fan- the I... Fantastic Four is easy, because the Fantastic Four had their accident out in space. You could say, like, they got sucked into a wormhole in the in the 60s, and now they're back. Like, Maybe we meet them in the next Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I hope that this is... Evan Peters Quicksilver from Days of Future Past, but I don't I wouldn't put it past them for this to be a fake out, although they already faked us out with the multiverse shit in Spider-Man 2. Are they gonna do it again? They have to pull the trigger at some point. We know Wanda <laughs> is in Doctor Strange 2 called Multiverse of Madness. We know Toby Maguire is gonna be in Spider-Man 3, so is this when they finally pull the trigger on that? I wonder. <laughs> or, or do we uh, get to uh to Doctor Strange and and there is no multiverse. That too was all a ruse. Right. There is no Doctor Strange too. That was just uh, <laughs> to trick us into thinking the ending of WandaVision would be different. Right. <laughs> so a couple of, of things. So um, one one theory that I've got going for this show and, and kind of how the whole the whole uh, world has been constructed um, in episode four. Uh, Jimmy Woo says the town is it doesn't want me here. It's repelling me away. But but despite that, Monica is able to get in. And not not only does she get in, she's literally sucked in. Um, in in this episode, uh, Monica says uh, she could have killed me. She made sure that I landed safely. Um, she's a telepath. She was in my head. She must have needed me for something. I think that maybe Wanda. This goes to my theory, my earlier theory, where she's being controlled. I think that maybe Wanda did pull Monica in and uh, did protect her when they pushed her out. And I'm thinking the point is, I think that Geraldine was brought into the storyline because Wanda needed to send a message or needed her to help her with something. And the other one, Agnes, likely, uh, discovered her before Wanda was able to get whatever she wanted out from her. And then right. spat and, her and out well, of the hex. Wanda didn't like that she brought up Ultron and, and, and you know broke her suspension of disbelief. Agnes didn't like her from the start, apparently. Right, she didn't like her being there. And if she really is under this illusion, why would she have any inkling? And so, like, let's say, you know, Wanda's being controlled, but there's some shred of her still in there. And and she can act on the things she wants to do so long as it's in like an Agnes approved way. So right. like you said, she threw 
Monica out in order to have an ally on the outside, but she made it look like she was angry in order to fool Agnes. Right. Exactly. We shall see. I hope... I I am hoping for all of these things to have payoffs. I don't like, as they say on Red Litter Media, oh, the twist in our story is that it's less interesting. Like, (laughs) you know? Which is, that's a a bit of, I think, you know, you could say that's the Mandarin a little bit. Yeah, Um, they're they're piling so much on in this show, and they're they're causing people like us to speculate so much that I hope it it doesn't end up like Lost, where they just kind of drop all all the storylines and then the conclusion's not very satisfying because it, in an attempt to be surprising, they just pull something out of their ass. Right. That that is the the last Jedi sort of way to do a twist. It's like, oh, all <laughs> all these interesting things that you thought were up in the air, they're not actually uh, nothing. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> it is Disney. Okay. Well, uh, thanks for joining us, guys. You can catch me and Ryan later in the week when we do our Barry recap. Chad will be back with me next week at this time where we're going to talk about the sixth episode of WandaVision. Hey, we're nearly at the end. Um, <laughs> That's the title. Before you go, Chad, we should say uh, there a new trailer for Falcon and the Winter Soldier just dropped. Yeah. that. And it did... It didn't look any better. No, it looks like it's going to be <laughs> bland and the jokes are going to be forced and it's basically going to be, it's like the most, it's, it's, if this, if, if WandaVision was able to subvert our expectations for what a Marvel movie could be, this one is right on the money. Yeah. The, uh, the comedy, especially in both two trailers, uh, not good. Not good. And Hey, they're bringing back Peggy Carter's granddaughter from Captain America 2 and 3, everyone's favorite character. Right. Hey, maybe we, if it turns out that she's uh, Captain America's granddaughter. So do you know why that they you know why they made that character Peggy Daughter's granddaughter and you know why they had her kiss Captain America in Civil War? No. Because they were worried that <laughs> the general audience was going to misinterpret <laughs> Bucky and Captain America's relationship and think that they were in romantic love. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> that, that, that can't be true. <laughs> uh, that's very funny. That is funny. Yeah, that was a a towards the end reshoot. They're like, no, we better have Captain America kiss a girl in this movie, otherwise people are not going to get what we're going for. Like, yeah, it felt like a reshoot. That it, I, yeah, yeah. And and Chad will be back uh, next month, and and I'm sure we'll do a deep dive. Uh, on on Falcon and the Winter Soldier, it I, it, I mean, it should be fun because I think it's gonna be bad. It like if they're putting their bet, best foot forward with these two trailers, it's gonna be awful. Yeah, <laughs> there's gonna be a lot less to talk about. 